Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's special episode, I sit down with Paizo's Jason Bowman, and we talk all about his brand new adventure, The Fall of Plague Stone. So when it comes to Jason, he can sit and talk forever. He and I have spoken for hours on end about a wide range of subjects, and already he's talking quite a bit about Pathfinder and the rules and various elements of the Pathfinder system in a lot of other interviews, but I wanted to sit down and just talk to him about his brand new adventure, The Fall of Plague Stone, because, well, first of all, we're actually running this adventure on our actual play podcast, so make sure you check that out. And the other thing is, I really like these small adventures. I've been doing nothing but adventure paths for like the last 15 years or so, so it seems like I'm always doing these huge grand epic adventures and the other thing I'm also doing is society games which are like four-hour adventures so it's nice to actually have a nice compact adventure that's only levels one to four and the other thing is that and we're going to get into this in the interview he wrote it in a really fascinating way this adventure almost feels like a movie or a play it actually has acts and act breaks and an actual nice progression even more so than i've seen in the past it's almost like they took a screenplay and turned it into an adventure and i really like this format again we talk about this in the interview and it wasn't an accident and i have to say i think this is a great way to build adventures because people are already familiar with this format and taking their traditional three-act format that you see in movies and TV and plays and turning it into a true adventure works wonders. It is really nice to see this and it plays beautifully. Something else is that we're going to also try to get Jason on the show in the future and have him play his adventure with us. That's something we're doing on our Dead Sons podcast. We've had the author of each book come and play with us, and we're going to try to do the exact same thing with Jason and have him play like an NPC or some monsters or something. Also, if you like interviews, we're going to have more interviews in the near future with other people from Paizo. We have a few scheduled, but also be on the lookout for a really long, detailed interview from Tonya Woldridge from Society Play, where we go through all the changes of society, everything that's happened in the last 11, 12 years of society, everything you're going to see in the future. I sat down with her for over an hour at Gen Con, and we went into every single aspect of society and what to expect in the future, and look for that interview next week and then finally not only do we have the dead sons adventure path which by the way you can jump into pretty much at any point we actually have recap episodes so you can jump in and catch up so you don't have to start all the way at episode one if you don't want also we have the fall of plague stone which has just started and we're only up to episode three and you have plenty of time to jump in on that 
We're also going to have mini adventures. Where I'm going to try to get an entire adventure in one episode. That's right. No more parters. It's all going to be one episode from beginning to middle to end. And look for that in the very near future. So you're going to have something for everybody. But with that, let's get to my interview with Jason. Hey everyone, Steve here from Roll for Combat, and I have Jason Bowman, Director of Game Design from Paizo. And we are going to sit down and talk for four hours. That's right, four <laughs> hours all about what? I have to I check mean, my boot schedule what? for that. What? I don't... I'm being told, oh, oh, 20 minutes? Okay, we got 20 <laughs> minutes to talk about everything under the sun of Pathfinder. Go. Uh, so it's a game with dice. Cool. They come with a lot of different sides. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so we're actually at Gen Con. The game has launched. How is That's it right. going? Uh, it, it is, it is uh, absolutely packed down in our booth. The line is wrapping. Uh, for a while, there was wrapped all the way around the booth just to get into the booth. Uh, there is a satellite booth where we're selling books, too. That's also packed and slammed. So, uh, yeah, people are buying the game. They're, they're getting their hands on it. They're, in, they're enjoying what they see, and, and uh, we couldn't be happier. Does it feel... A huge, what's the relief like? Years been working I, you on know, this. You <laughs> know, we, we finally gotten to the point where, I don't know, there was like two or three months ago where I was just like, oh, come on, just release already. I'm tired <laughs> of this. Um, and, you know, you work on a game for so long, it becomes so ingrained with what you're doing that it becomes real easy to forget that the journey for everyone else hasn't even started. Right. That for us, our three-year saga of making it is coming to an end. But for everyone else, their epic adventures are just about to begin. So, uh, you know, their excitement is, is huge and is like a fuel for us. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited. We can't, we can't wait to see what everybody does with the game. So we could talk about pretty much anything, but I decided that we're going to talk about Plague Stone and kind of go from there because, sure. one, we're going to be running Plague Stone and our actual play. And, two, I personally like... I've been doing a lot... I mean, we do almost all exclusively... Adventure Paths, so it's been a while even for myself to do a small, concise adventure from beginning to end, and it's actually kind of refreshing for, like, oh, here it is, you have a little mystery to solve, there's, like, almost three acts, and then it ends, and it's refreshing both the play, and also, and people can try out the system, because we were talking about an Adventure Path, but a lot of people might want to just try out the system and learn what characters they want to play without dedicating themselves to a two-year Adventure Path campaign. And this seems to be perfect because it has a nice mix of, well, everything in the yeah. adventure. Well, and that, that was kind of my goal. My goal was to give you a tour of the game, right? right? Um, I, I think Adventure Paths are amazing story experiences, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but, but they are a dedication. Right. That doesn't mean you can't just play the first part and be happy with what you played and move on, but I really wanted a self-contained story. And I wanted to tell the story of how your group of heroes met and became a group of heroes that worked together. Not just, oh, everybody decide why you know each other. Like, like no, this is why you know each other. Mm -hmm. You were strangers at the start of this. And, uh, you know, soon thereafter, you have to work together to, to solve some problems and, and come together as a group. So, um, you know, I think that was my big goal. And, and also just to kind of showcase off everything the new game has to offer. Right, kind of give you a full sense of everything you can find in Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, and you've said this before. A lot of these is like, okay, you met in a tavern, 
or you've already been together or you're all hired by the mayor to take care of some problem. But here they're literally just all in a caravan, happy to go to the same place. They, they don't know each other. They literally all just got on the same wagon going from right. Almas to, uh, or no, sorry, from the capital of Isger to Almas, the right. capital of Andoran. And uh, they just happen to be in the back of the wagon together. Right. That's it. That's how they, that's how they met. Right. Some strangers in the back of a wagon. Yes. Um, of course, nothing's quite that simple. No. So, I mean, you know, they, they, they quickly find themselves in the middle of a, 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 of a mystery that they alone can solve. And in fact, are, are tasked with solving because if they don't solve it, they're going to get blamed. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's designed to give everyone a lot of chances to role play, but also to test out your new characters and give the shakedown to what combat is like and, you know, kind of show off some of the new features of the game, things that we, we, we didn't necessarily even have in first edition Pathfinder. So, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of kind of fun built into this. But, but first and foremost, I just wanted to tell a good story. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted everyone to walk away from it going, that was a fun tale. We saw the beginning, the middle, and the end. And now we're ready for something else, something new. And yeah. where that goes is kind of up to the GM. And also, and again, I'm not really spoiling it, it's not like, oh, okay, you've been tasked, and then there's a big dungeon crawl, and then you spend all this time in a dungeon. It's like a lot of vignettes. It's almost like almost a movie, in a way, the way it's been written. It's much smaller vignettes, much smaller story pieces with very specific beats. So I, it's funny you should mention that, because I've been building so many plots and stories lately um, for Geek and Sundry, mm -hmm. for Oblivion Oath. And as a result, I tend to approach my storytelling a little differently than I did a few years back in that I think about it now more in terms of plot beats and procedural pieces. And, you know, there, there's an element of if you want to grab someone with the story, it can't just be all bad things happen and it can't just be all good things happen. There's an ebb and flow of good things and bad things that kind of hook you into the plot and, and, and really kind of draw you into the story because you have your successes and your setbacks and it's a constant struggle no one wants to watch constant good things happen to people no one wants to watch constant bad things happen to people that's kind of boring and uh but but a, a plot that has rises and falls is is ultimately more engaging no exactly it's that this is uh and i think it's a combination of second edition because you can spend so much more time on character development and plot. There's not, I mean, the amount of stat blocks are small. I mean, there, it's a much con more concise stat block in second edition. So there's just more story. I mean, yeah, we were, we were able to make everything much more clean. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the first edition, and, and to be clear, I love first edition Pathfinder. I spent 10 years making it. Right. I, I wrote that game when I barely knew how to make games, mm -hmm. and, 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 and I love it. But after 10 years, you, 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 you get familiar with all of its shortcomings, the, place, the things that it doesn't do too well. And one of those areas is monsters are unnecessarily complicated. They include large amounts of information that you have no business needing to know for a monster that's going to be on the screen for, you know, the screen for five minutes uh, before it gets killed in combat. And a lot of it came down to just like the formulaic way that monsters are built requires you to kind of construct everything, right? You had to pick every feat. You had to pick every skill. Well, that's a lot of work, and oftentimes there was no payoff for it. So with second edition, we just said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. That's not, 
that's not useful information for us from a game perspective. And it's not useful to the GM, so why are we bothering? Instead, let's take the space we would spend on that and pack each monster with more evocative, fun, engaging abilities. That, that when you're done with the fight, you go, oh yeah, of course the Minotaur had an ability that allowed us to scare, allowed it to scare us while we were in the maze. You, you really you know, like that Minotaur. You keep I bringing do. that thing up. Well, I'm Jason Bullman. I mean, it's uh, kind of my thing. Yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 I've heard you mention that Minotaur. That's your go-to monster. That's one of the ones I wrote. I, I, oh. I wrote I wrote the Minotaur. I wrote the, the skeleton. I wrote the zombies. I wrote the lich. Uh, I, I have my, my selection of classic monsters that I absolutely love. And so, you know... It's good to be the king. So when it comes time to decide who's right and what monsters, I just picked the ones I wanted. Got it. So something else I liked a lot is that you have the backgrounds. And, and again, I'm not really spoiling. It's a super light spoiler. Not only did you have backgrounds, but then you had mini quests for the backgrounds. Yeah. And, and you've never really done that before. I, I think so. There's a number of things I tried out with this that I, I really am pushing to make more standard parts of our module. So um, one thing that I did was, uh, yeah, the adventure includes some backgrounds, and those backgrounds have side quests associated with them. And if you play members of that background, there might be something extra that speaks directly to your character. The hardest thing for us to do in in a in an adventure path, in a module, is write anything that speaks to your character, because we don't control your character. You do. And... Because of that, it's almost impossible for us to write something into the plot that speaks to your character. But backgrounds are different. If I know what background you're playing, I can write something suitable to that background that's probably going to work. It's probably going to fit. And that makes for a fun, engaging game component. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes they're, 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 they're lighter or they're more serious. And, and one of them in particular is quite an involved little side plot. Some of them are a, a little bit simpler and open to wider interpretation. Uh, but I think that's just a fun way to play. Um, I also think the other thing that we are trying to do a lot more of now is in the rewards of the adventure, right? So it's not just about, hey, here's this, you know, here's the book, the items from the book, the core rulebook that we're giving you as part of the rewards of this adventure. It's also, here's the new things that are unique to this adventure that you're getting. Maybe there's some feats that you now gain access to. Maybe there's an archetype. Maybe there's, who knows? Um, you know, there's all these different things we can add that say, yeah, at the end of this adventure, you get access to these things, right? You might get some special training from someone in the adventure that helps you out. You might find a, a crafter that makes this one weird magic item, and they will now sell it to you if you're successful. And what I'm trying to do is create a kind of a something that lives in your character's DNA from the adventure, so that when you when you when you have your character and you're looking at a 20th level character and you look back. Through, the, through their character sheet, you will see that in the DNA, the markers of the adventures that they played. That, that in fact, the character was shaped by their journey, by their, by their adventure. And it's not just what character did I want to play, but also what did I play and how did we play it. And, and that's really exciting. That, that, that's a way that no two characters will ever be the same. Um, you know, everyone will have their own unique experiences and those will play out in their choices and their builds. Yeah, I mean... I've said this before, I mean, second edition is very modular. It feels very much like 
I've said Magic the Gathering in the sense that it's it has a lot of little components and pieces that you can put together to make a much bigger sum of its parts. Like you can really, it's almost like building a deck. You can build characters instead and just take components from anywhere. You can take components from, as you said, Adventure Pass and Rewards, and you can build very unique characters. It doesn't all have to come from just a core rule book or supplements because you have so many tiny components to build your character and it's very easy to mix them and it keeps the system in balance. You can build very, very rich characters with very deep backstories and customize them based on what you've done, yeah. which I love. Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of one of our goals was to make sure that, you know, uh, there's, when we, when we started working on a new edition, one of the big objectives was, all right, figure out what makes Pathfinder Pathfinder and make the best version of that that we could. So for us, that is deciding that, uh, you know, choice and options are a big part of Pathfinder. And having those mean something. It's not just saying I'm the son of a baker and grew up in a bakery. I want that to mean something. I, I want you to end up with lore bakery. And, you know, you might never think that's going to be useful until you end up, you know, in some, you know, murder mystery where somebody got baked into a pie and all of a sudden your lore skill is critical, right? I, I want those things to suddenly matter. Um, and they won't always, but, but when they do, that'll be the moment when your character decisions really pay off. So one thing actually, on a side note, about lore, one of the most fascinating things I found about the design of second editions, first of all, lore can be anything. Second of all, every single person gets lore as one of their background traits always so everyone is always trained in lore no matter what you do you are at least trained in something and because lore can be anything it's very much up to the gm to sort of play with the game and say what do you know it's like i know lore floristry that's like okay you're a florist uh it's like can i roll unless she's sure and maybe you know a ton about them because it's maybe it's not dungeoneering, but fleshies and floral arrangements they go hand in hand. Like you yeah. know, it's like you can really use it. I uh, we I was just uh, in just last week's episode of Oblivion Oath, we had someone trying to identify a little monster, and they 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 joked offhandedly, "Hey, can I roll lore theater?" And and they decided not to. I was like, I was about to say, "Yes, you certainly can." The DC would have been high, but had they succeeded, they would have perhaps heard of a play that features that monster. And they wouldn't have learned necessarily anything combat relevant, but they would have at least learned the theme and maybe name of the monster. Mm -hmm. and, and it's those sorts of things that really make uh, those choices and how you use them kind of work. Yeah, and, and be a fun part of the game. And it also makes it fun for the GM, thinking, ooh, what, what cool lore will this monster fall under? It's yeah. even fun for the GM to sort of surprise themselves with weird ways they can find yeah. out things. Yeah, and the rules encourage you to do that, right? They, they really are there to help empower you to kind of make the most of your game. Back to Plague Stone. How yeah. many NPCs are in this thing, man? You have me doing like 25 voices. What is going on I had here? to cut out some, actually. There <laughs> were more. Yeah, no, uh, I, 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 do I, know, I, I overwrote that part. Those are my favorite. Those are actually from an old home game that oh, I was really? running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ulf and the Barbarian Brothers. Yeah, no, Ulf and Ulf. And Ulf. That's what I was saying. They're like, Ulf. It's like, are you Ulf or Ulf? Yes. So, let me add. I'm yeah, like, yeah. They, no one knows who's <laughs> They even play that up because yes, they know everyone yes, messes it up. Yes. And whenever you're like, oh, you're Ulf. No, I'm Ulf. 
What? <laughs> I keep yeah. I'm, I'm doing that already. It's, yeah. like, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun. No, they're great. It's they're they're a lot of fun. They were uh they were uh their original appearance was on a on a on a sailing boat uh and they were like deckhands. Uh <laughs> and I loved them so much that I decided that after that crew broke up, they ended up hiring on with Bort and becoming uh uh hands for the uh for the for the for his caravan. So, they're a lot of fun. Oh, and something else I loved I loved that you put in the side again a little bit of a spoiler Bort likes to tell stories in this adventure and the nicest thing thank god you did this you literally put in stories for him to tell oh tall tales tall yeah, tales yeah. and they're so good and in they're fact, ridiculous they're ridiculous yeah. and they're just enough that i could tell the story and then add to it but it's it's there you know what it's like do that more in your adventures too because it's hard to come up with these little fun tall I, tales. I, you know for me it was just like giving him flavor and and personality was really important and uh you know i i i like giving gms tips and tools to help them get into the get into the role too right I, and and for plaguestone this might be for a lot of folks their their very first adventure right and if it's going to be their very first adventure i want to give them every tool i can to make sure that they have a good time. And if that means helping them out with the story here or some guidance on how to run combat here, you know, there, that that's really important. So what was on the cutting room floor? Anything that you really wish you had room to fit in? You said there were some NPCs that didn't quite make it. What else? So some of those had to do with some side quests that got cut because originally there were more backgrounds, but okay. we just didn't have room. Yeah. Uh, so some of those ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, we might do a web supplement with some of them. I don't Ooh. know, we'll see. Uh, uh, no promises. We haven't done anything with them yet, yes. but uh, that that might happen. So uh, there's stuff like that. Um, there were there was uh, a little bit more to uh, the uh, NPCs in uh, kind of the last act. Okay. Um, there was a little bit more there that had to get trimmed just for space. But but all in all, it was it was pretty close to on on target, right? I I I planned it out very carefully and tried to make sure that I was using my space wisely. Um, so yeah, no, it's all, it's all really exciting, but, uh, uh, most of it's in there. Yeah. So let me ask you, how many different foods can you make with turnips? A lot. As a matter of fact, <laughs> playing that up is a big, important part of the adventure is like just making the players so sick of everything turnip related. That's all they have. What are we having for dinner? Turnip steak with turnip mash. I don't want any of that. How about some turnip liquor? Did you know you can make liquor out of turnip? You sure can, and it's awful. Um, you know, and and this town is just that. One of the things that we were talking about when I when I pitched the plot around the office was, well, what if the players want to stay there? And I'm like, they're not going to want to stay there. <laughs> and it, I like it's the, not a place where adventurers are going to want to live. And I like in the artwork, everywhere in the artwork, like there's a fight scene, and in the fight you see turnips flying. In the um, in the over in the pages, you have uh, turnips in the in the side panels. In the framing, in yeah. In the yeah. framing, yeah. It's like there's just turnips everywhere in this adventure. Yeah. I had my thief; he pickpocketed someone. And it's like what I get? So a turnip. <laughs> so in, in so the the secret is this: some of this plot actually started out as an in-office campaign in the early testing of Second Edition, and. It didn't have most of the plot that you see right now. Most of that was built later. But it was in a town uh, that was called Etrin's Folly. Mm -hmm. and, but it didn't, have, it didn't have turnips. It had yams. And it nearly, 
That's not as funny. No, it's not. Well, it, it was it was kind of funny. It, it really was working. And then it was pointed out to me that in the climate of Isgar, yams w wouldn't be a thing. And I was just like, oh, all right, turnips it is. They're more funny. So uh, that's that's how we ended up with turnips everywhere. So uh, I hope your players enjoy turnips. They're going to be eating a lot of them. Oh, well, they were, yeah. They had lunch there, and they found out there was turnips. Then they had dinner there, and there was more turnips. And then, uh, well, Guess they, what's for breakfast? Yeah, I know. <laughs> more turnips. <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they seem to have got on their field. They wanted to know what happened to the sheep, though. Where did the sheep go? I, I'm wagering they ate those right away, oh. and, then, and then we're left with nothing <laughs> but turnips. they're like, where's the sheep fields? Why are there not sheep here? It's all turnips. Nothing but turnips. That's they're all they're actually, real. you know what? They were so sick of turnips in our campaign, they made a deal with Cookie to have him go uh, hunt small game so that they can eat something other than turnips. Sure. Yeah, and that might work for a bit, <laughs> but still, there is turnip. <laughs> Yeah. Always turn. It's up. like you know what the uh, the game all has kind of a turn of flavor to it because uh -huh. that's what they eat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Jason, I know you have to go, but I got to get you on the podcast at some point. We need to have you serve your turn up horror on the PC. So we got to yeah, come me, up with let, something. Let me know. We'll figure something out. And uh, while you're up here in the Sagamore, make sure to go check out the uh, uh, Fall of Plaguestone set from Dwarven Forge. Oh. The entire thing is set up. Oh, right over there. Really? Yeah, no, go take some oh, photos I'm gonna go of that take some pictures. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, the, the, the entire middle part is an entire dungeon from oh, Dwarven Forge. We need you to write more adventures, man. <laughs> I, if, if I can find more time, I will. Oh, you and Eric. Those are I, two, everybody two... wants me to write a Rasmoran adventure. I'm going to have to write one of those one of these days. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I got Eric's coming out. I'm looking forward. I got two of my favorite writers writing adventures now. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jason. All right. Thanks for having me, and we will uh, see you next time. Hey everybody, Steve here, so thank you so much Jason for joining us, because his schedule was so nuts. I actually only had 30 minutes with him, but by the time we found somewhere to sit down and talk, it got cut down to 20 minutes, but that was more than enough to talk about the fall of Plague Stone, as you can hear. I will definitely have Jason on the program once again in the near future, and hopefully he'll get to play with us, and then maybe he can kill off the party. That would be fun. If you haven't been listening to the actual play of The Fall of Plague Stone, do give it a try. We're only up to Episode 3 so far. It's a combination of some people from Roll for Combat, myself as GM, plus Jason McDonald and Rob Tremarco. We also have two people you probably know from No Direction. We have Vanessa Hoskins and Lauren Sig, and both of them are seasoned role players and bring a quite a bit of fun to the table. Plus, if you're really adventurous, you can check out our Dead Sons Adventure Path, in which we're up to almost episode 100 and in the middle of book 5. But I will say, you do not need to start all the way at the beginning. We have episodes where you can jump right in, and if you want, start at episode number 91. 91 begins book 5, and I give a complete recap of everything that has occurred to date. So you don't need to listen to episodes 1 through 90 if you don't want to. You could just go right to episode number 91 and you'll be all caught up. And then within a few weeks, you'll be caught up to the show. You really won't miss that much. We make sure that we try to keep each book self-contained. And then as I said before, finally, we're going to be doing the self-contained adventure podcast where the entire adventure is going to be done in one episode. Look for those in the next few weeks. And then finally, finally, do check out a review of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, The Bestiary, and The Lost Omens World Guide. That's going to be going up in a few weeks. And then finally, 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 if you want to play any Starfinder or Pathfinder games, 
Do check out the Roll for Combat Discord channel. It's at discord.rollforcombat.com. We have tons of play-by-post games. We have game day starting, which is basically like an online convention. And I think we have 26 tables of games starting up. So if you're ever curious about play-by-post and wanted to give it a try, check out our Discord channel and you too can sign up for a game. And as I said, we have everything from Pathfinder 1st Edition, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and Starfinder. And we even have the specials. The multi-table specials that you usually only see at Gen Con or Origins, those are going to be run too. Once again, discord.rollforcombat.com. But with that, thanks for listening, and I'll talk and see you guys later.